Hi, you're listening to Our Grind Podcast, coming to you from a bunker on Manhattan's Upper East Side. I'm your host, Kim Power. I'm Marshall Jones. I'm Tony Tantan. <laughs> and tonight we're talking to Long Island's favorite daughter, Jennifer Gennari, and sharing some delicious red wine and tasty chocolate. Gennari shares with us her creative rituals, spooky stories, and the art heroes that have inspired her. I apparently have to be very close to this. Yes. You got to get yeah. in close and comfortable with that mic. <laughs> we couldn't hear. We couldn't hear you on the last one. Hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. Just think of it as um, it's a lover. Okay. Intimate mouth. Okay. Good visual. Got it. Yeah, that's it's awkward. Attractive. Not awkward yeah, at all. Totally. <laughs> Just <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's the void. Mm. You're screaming into the void. I like Look, that. You know what? Yeah. Though it was a Halloween episode. It was a Halloween episode. Yeah. Maybe right. I wasn't really here. That you could have been ghost and oh. the Anne ghost. Yeah, could have been Anne. But when you scream in the void, the void screams back. Or when you look into the void, the void looks back. What is that from? Some philosopher. Yeah, I think it's it would probably, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I get tons of smart. <laughs> that's I like saw the... that on a TV show somewhere. <laughs> it's like written on a t-shirt. Maybe it was a far side cartoon. That's a perfect metaphor for the canvas, though, isn't that? You know, I mean, you're kind of looking into the void with the canvas. The like the void looks back? yeah. Asking, asking for something from it, and it's asking something from you, and that's good. Yeah, yeah? that's good, Kim. It's kind yeah. of that angsty, like you have this relationship with it. Is it? Is there? Is there something there? You know, behind. Yeah, and maybe you're that? maybe you're, in a way, talking to the canvas, and it's talking back, like it's telling you who you are as you're trying to. Oh, mine talks in. back. <laughs> it has a very calm voice most of the time. Sometimes it screams. <laughs> Does it scream? Can you can you feel that? Uh, yes. Painful. <laughs> <Sometimes>. Agonizing. <laughs> Painful and agonizing. Do you have a voice for in your canvas at all? No, Jen? I do not. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, so you're completely. Normal, and I'm just bizarre. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it could be just my cat, you know. Yeah, could talking, be. talking to me, and not the canvas. Could be demons. It could be. Well, cats detect them. Cats can see demons. Yeah, apparently they can sense them. Because they got all those cones in their eyes, or mm-hmm. rods in their eyes. Yeah, that's why I always used to get freaked out in my apparently haunted apartment in Missouri when it would st- my cat would stare into the mirror. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, yeah. What's that story? She just, like, would walk up to the mirror and just... No, it was terrifying. I would, I would wake up. I, I was convinced my apartment was haunted. Huh. And then every night, almost every night... At almost the same time, somewhere between two and three, I would wake up, and I had a dresser, and then there was a mirror centered above it, and then my cat would sit on top of a jewelry box I had on the dresser and just stare into the mirror, 
stare into it. Whoa. Which is particularly yeah. disturbing because cats don't look in mirrors. A cat looking in a mirror is a really <laughs> My cat just really recently discovered image. mirrors. Really? Not, yeah. After she's old now and she just figured out yeah. mirrors. Wait, did you have a story about lights going on and off too? Yeah, same apartment. Same apartment, yeah. Really? You were holding out in Missouri. What were yeah. you doing in Missouri? That's where Hallmark is. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was okay. living in an old Nabisco factory, which seems like it would be adorable. But Those aren't haunted. Terrifying. Are Nabisco cookies haunted? Yeah. yeah, I think they are. It's yeah. From, <laughs> with the ghosts of kids eating and <laughs> like what? Kids <laughs> making Nabisco? Like, nah, kids, uh, kids were part of the cookies, you know? Yeah. Put them in. <laughs> Yeah, just grind them, up. Yeah. grind them up. Yeah, oh secret God. ingredient. <laughs> You're just full of like morbid analogies tonight. You know, demons, <laughs> ground up children. Well, apparently I have the stories to back them up. So, <laughs> oh, but t- about the lights. Yeah, it was right at the end. I uh, I had finally had enough, and I actually canceled my lease early because like, I just couldn't stay there. And was there a penalty for that? Yes. Um, it wasn't too bad because I was close to the end, but I couldn't take it anymore. So I, I left and packed everything up and I had like a box left and a vacuum and Mm -hmm. I had like, like you'd walk in and there was like a real tiny foyer and then a long hallway. And then to the left, it was like a little staircase that led up to a platform where like my bed was. Uh huh. So like. A quarter of the way or like halfway down the long hallway, which led to the living room. <laughs> that was the ghost. Yeah, the ghost. Was. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, I, I had left my stuff there and go to pick it up. I was very nervous. I didn't want to go back. I was really debating on just abandoning the vacuum. And the haunted kids. Yeah. And then I go pick it up, and it was at night because I had to I had to work. It was in the winter, so it got dark early. It was there around six thirty. Had the lights on, and uh, it had like four or five lights lining the hallway. And I get in, grab the thing, and I get real nervous again. Huh. And then, um, and then, not only did all of the lights burn out. But they burned out one at a time, like like off. in a line. Yes, it was like off. Wow. Oh, oh. And, and your cat's just staring. At they the weren't there. <laughs> they weren't there. They were inside the mirror, staring out. <laughs> yeah, the void. Oh my god, yeah. stares I, back. I yep. do think like certain places have like this weird thing going on. I. I had a studio in a in a re- old retirement home, and Oof. yeah, in in the Netherlands they have these they call them anti crack, mm-hmm. and you you can get uh, artist studio in them for pretty cheap, and so they put people in there so because they don't want to have squatters, and um, they have rights. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They yeah. do. They just need a bed and a table and a chair, I think, and then. Is that it? Yes, I think I think that's correct. Wow. Um, at least it, one at table least it used to used to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was in and it was this old retirement home, and it got closed down, shut down because of Legionnaires' disease. And oh my I god, had, like, this is also like we're talking about squatters, Legionnaires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Retirement <laughs> hospital in the Netherlands. It was it was and like you know of course the morgue was downstairs because people. Died oh, there, God. and I had like two 
studios there. Kim, I'm going to say you should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, it was it's on you. So no, there's no, no way. No. Absolutely no not. Way. Absolutely not. No. It seemed great. You know? If Jeepin. the rent was one dollar a month, yeah. and they're like, yeah. and there's a morgue downstairs, I would just say, well, they weren't. Uh, it's a hard. Path. A there weren't, morgue, any, weren't, there weren't the, any more dead people down there. Infested oh. with legionnaires. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your vents Cheap. closed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full of squatters. Just, I mean, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Oh God. Well, I ended up leaving because it just felt weird after. I, I don't know Good why. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, God. So are you superstitious or? No, I don't think I am. And no. yet that yet that freaked you out. So completely you freaked the, out. How do you explain this ghost? I don't know. I was just terrified. It was a one-off. Well, that Did you Anne. run? Did you just run out of there? <laughs> kind of. I had the vacuum Slip in my box eyes. and I just like ran out. Yeah. <laughs> but you had the vacuum with you. You 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 did get the vacuum. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, and then I had to go back another day to pick up my mail, and, and it does have a little bit of a Hollywood ending. Oh. It, this story really does. A typical like fade to black kind of situation. I you go back to the ghost. Yeah, we made pottery. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Good, good ghost reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, now I go back to pick up my mail and. The lady was saying, like the woman who was in the office asked me, you know, um, just like how how it was in my apartment and, you know, why I left. And I mean, I didn't want to tell her. I thought there was a ghost in it. So she said, yeah, it was fine. I just like wanted to leave. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. And I asked why. And she said that the new person who was living there was feeling really weird about it, and their dog's acting weird. What? Really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, Hollywood like, ending in the, in the way that that's the sequel. Yeah. It's like that the Amityville yeah. horror, right? Yeah, yeah so, it really yeah. is. It really was, yeah. That was a hoax, though, Amityville horror. How so? It was based on a true story, but it came out that the family just made it up. Is that true? Huh. That is true. Like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> no, I didn't think that one was ever disproved. That's Long Island, right? Yeah, I drive past it a lot. Because you're from Long Island. Mm-hmm. I am, yeah. How was it like growing up in Long Island? Uh, it was fine. Uh, boring. It was really awesome. boring. Um, there's just nothing to do out there. I mean, the Hamptons is great. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's really nothing. There's beaches filled with rocks, spray tans. Spray tans, yeah. That's long fun. fingernails. Kill afternoon. It, um, what, getting a spray tan? Yeah, washing your fingernails, bro. <laughs> No, you don't wash them, girl. You have them put on. Oh, they're put on? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. you're so naive. Why? <laughs> well, you Why remember Guinness you Book? We talked them. about that. <laughs> yeah. Remember the Guinness Book with the long nails? Do you yep. remember that? I don't remember that specifically. Oh, you know I it. Do. You know it. classic. It's a picture of a woman time. just sort of like this, and her nails are just down to the floor, like curling. No, I remember oh, a picture maybe. of her in, pushing a shopping cart with those. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, that was burning my head as a kid. That's terrifying. It was oh so terrifying. Ew. <laughs> Just so doing gross. doing tasks with those nails really put it in a different light. How does she pick her wallet to pay for things? 
How does she do anything? Yeah. Right. Well, that's yeah. exactly why I have no nails, because forget it. That woman has got to just like wear tube tops for the rest of her life. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. you can't put your hands through anything. And she does She does seem like a tube top lady. Uh, yeah. A fingernail oh. lady at a tube top. That Venn diagram. She must have had like little Gross. cuts like, just all like, over her. Oh, something like, how do you put your clothes on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting more. She probably just like, I guess it's the hover, the like lots of skirts, no underwear, and just hovers over the bowl. Wait, what is this? What are we talking about? Maybe she had a How she goes to the bathroom. Oh, my God. She just presses the button. This, this isn't a blue podcast. <laughs> Keep it classy. <laughs> so do you identify yourself as someone from Long Island? I mean, is that how you see yourself? Or? Well, so Long Island topics. Strong yeah. Island. Yeah, that's right. Strong Island. Do they call it Strong what? Island on Long Island? Yeah, they do. Why do they call it Strong Island? I don't know. Well, because we always called it Strong Island from Atlanta as a joke, but we never said, uh, what do they call it? Hotland? Hotlanta. That's no, what no one said there. Oh, okay. No, people will call it that. Strong Island. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never heard that one. Yeah. I, I do remember uh, growing up in Jersey and having this t-shirt that says, with the map of New Jersey, and it says, New Jersey, only the strong survive. Oh. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's I, true. I have no such shirt for Long Island. Oh, but, what a pity. I but don't, I know. Do you, do you identify, how do you identify Long Island in your, it's an interesting question Kim asked. Like, well, for me, myself, yeah, I mean, I mean, no, okay, so I, I feel like I missed... I, I didn't take a lot of Long Island with me in life, and I think that that's a nice bullet dodged. Okay. <laughs> um, you don't I, have much of an accent. I don't. It comes out once in a while when I'm tired or drunk. <laughs> Basically, that's right, it. Give her more wine. Wait, you I showed hear me. the accent. You showed me how to say Long Island once, and yes. my brother. How's that? Go going? on, try. It was uh. Long Island. There you go. You got no it. No way. Long Island. Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta just like live on the O a little bit more. Long Island. It's oh, like there you did it. Kind of having like oh, a little stroke halfway through. Okay. Long Island. Do it again. Do it again. No. Good. I want to hear it again. I missed it. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try. Long Island. No, she did it. But you were laughing. <laughs> long. I can't do it. I no, no, no. Because that's what you, that's the temptation is it. to hit the long, like kind of that. Long but it's, Island. It's just Long Island. Long Island. It's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And you always got to give it like a little Italian flair. You got to put these two fingers together. <laughs> long Island. There you go. You got it. <laughs> you seem so tough now. <laughs> I feel tough. I feel, I feel empowered. <laughs> yeah, like now. She'll be like, I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fuck. <laughs> Get out of my way. Kim, you did not pull that one off. <laughs> no, I know. I tried. It wasn't it wasn't real. I don't know. <laughs> we oh, love Long Island by the way. Oh yeah, Strong Island. <laughs> to, to all the people. Hooray. Okay. Shout out to Long Island. Uh, Jen, yeah. you're Long Island's favorite daughter. I am, yeah, me and Amy Schumer. Island. Are you oh, are you famous out there? She is. Are you yeah. famous on Long Island? No, I'm not. I don't they don't so. like go. Hey, there's Jen Tenari. No, unfortunately, no. Huh? Not yet, anyway. What do they know? I know. Apparently, <laughs> nothing. But you are you are kind of famous on the internet, though. You have Am I? so many Instagram followers. I it's growing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm a few away from 70K right now. Really? Oh. Damn. I'm very excited. You are famous. Is there a secret? 69. So everybody has their secret (gasps) Instagram plan. I had no plan. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like painting high resolution, high ish or clear photos. And then I just painted a bunch of animals. It's really hard to go wrong with animals. Everybody loves them. Yeah. And there's like perfect hashtags for animals too. And people, that's like really what people use Instagram for. So I think I just lucked out. And you, you just painted that. Like animal hashtags. Huh. You just painted that big fat cat with the giant eyes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's Hosiko. So cute. Hestagram is one. Heads mm-hmm. off Instagram. That's right. Dogs off Instagram. Mm-hmm. Dogs off Insta. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like so that's like your like the commercial end of your work, right? Mm-hmm. Like the pets are. Yeah. So do you feel like is there a balance between that and your work? Is or do you feel like it gets in the way of that or no. influences that? There used to be more of a balance. I've been struggling recently. I, I have no time for my personal work anymore. Like, I painted, I think, for about an hour today. That was it. Oh. Um, but that's just because I've been teaching a little bit more, and I'm struggling to uh, to balance it all because I have a lot of commissions right now. So I'll teach, and then if I have a little bit of time to stay at the studio, I'm thinking about the commission I have to go and do, so I'll try to paint, and then I just get a little anxious, so I leave, and then I just go and do the commission at home. Which is the pet mm-hmm. commissions, huh? Yeah. You paint the pets at your home... And your personal work at your studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the pets are just so small. They're like, most of the time, they're 9 by 12. And I don't feel like I need to be in my studio for something like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't even stand when I do them. Like, I'll stand for the um, like my larger work or like anything I'm doing with like the figure. Um, but if it's a little thing that I can practically hold in my lap, I'll, uh, I'll just do it at home. That's appropriate for a pet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you do you feel like there's like an almost ritual difference in the way that the, you paint your pets and your domicile of domestic animals, mm-hmm. and then other I, bigger, grander ideas in a studio? Tell what or Kim, what was um, Jason? What was that word he used about studio rituals? What was that? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> this out. About studio rituals in general, I mean, while well, he was talking about the artist as shaman. Yeah, he was sort of, but he had, I feel like there's some real specific reference to the work you create in a certain space and what that space means to you. Okay. Do you feel different, like, in that way? Do you feel like pets are more successful painting in your home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, a, I, I'm obsessed with rituals anyway. Oh, oh. That's, um, that's basically how I function. Uh, so I would never paint an animal in my studio. I'd feel way too uncomfortable doing it. So that would really? like break yeah. the, break the karma <laughs> in your studio. Oh, I like that. <laughs> would it that like bringing that commercial aspect into your studio would break? That no, karma? it's not even that. It's the act of doing it there. Like I don't have my area. Um, like it's just I just don't do it there. It's kind of that simple. What do your rituals look like? Do you do you like have certain drinks you have or teas or 
things you listen to. Or what? ways you set up before. Yeah. Sharpen your pencils, that type of thing. Yeah, like I'll never be able to have my first sip of coffee in the studio until I set up my palate. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. What so, is that a spell? Is it like a hex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I draw the thing on the floor. And I pray in the center of it. There's an incantation. Lots of candles. <laughs> do you and cut yourself on this? I do, yes. <laughs> just like everywhere, yeah. But, I mean, I'm healed at the end of it. I'm just blessed at the end of it. So oh, just magically. No evidence, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and you could have potentially conquered hell in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. No, I that's have nothing awesome. to worry about. Huge well, bonus. After that, yeah. painting is like a, a breeze. breeze. <laughs> <laughs> and then you enjoy your coffee. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, well, she is immortal. Uh-huh. Is that right? Highlander. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. Oh. Wait. I'm, I'm the Highlander. You're a Highlander. You are the what is that? Step back, because I don't even know what... That even means. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, yeah. I don't watch enough television. I'm sorry. I read. Oh Come my up. goodness. Oh, I like books. Oh man, I watched The Highlander so much when I was a kid. That was amazing. Even the series. Is this a generational thing too? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't think so because I think it was old when when I started watching it. Okay. Right? Maybe I just knit. Do you know about it? Yeah, it's like a Highlander was essentially a little before. It was like seventies. Yeah, right. And I was watching it like mid, like late eighties. So okay. But you were into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what tell is tell me Highlander? about that? When you grew, like you were telling John, you were really into anime, and you painted a scene of you sort of getting up in the morning and watching these animes. Mm-hmm. What about it? Like, yeah. how I got into it? Yeah, yeah how, how did you, you get what? into anime? Um, I got into it because... Um, well, I actually don't know what came first. Uh, let me think. Okay, so I think this is what it was. The first anime I ever saw was definitely... Neon Genesis Evangelion. That was no. the first one I ever saw. You know that, Ton? Yep. Yeah. It's good. I used to collect the toys. You have toys, right? No. You don't? I have action figures. I, okay. Uh. <laughs> 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 and Wellington has the action figures, too. You have he been does, corrected. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you little toys. Your little... <laughs> My little dolls. Little Pikachu's. My child, you know. No, those those action figures definitely changed the game. Yeah, they were amazing. They're beautiful. Oh my god, it's insane. Oh, their arms swivel. No, you. So much. Yes. Okay. The arms swivel. Yeah, I remember because GI Joe Joe did that at one point. Big big leap for GI Joe and arms. Yep. Although this did take it to the next level. Plus, they were just beautiful. So do you so just, well like, done. have them on your shelf to look at, or do you actually... Yeah, they used to be all over my room. Do you now make a lot them, of them do live things, or... What? <laughs> do you make them do action No, I never played things? with them. I never played with them. They were always very... Just, they, they lived on my shelf, and I was very proud of them. That was it. I just thought they were very cool. Did you keep them in the box? No. No, okay. I wasn't that precious with it. I still have a limited edition Totoro set... 
Um, in the box, in my room right now. Totoro. Mm-hmm. My neighbor. That, my, nie- my niece did a, a paint by numbers of Totoro. That's it's, adorable. And it's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. This was so funny because there's an there's an art actually an art principle about that because my niece is like nine years old and it's my oldest brother's daughter and she got this big huge paint by number of Totoro. This is the first time I heard about Totoro. It was last Christmas. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I don't know this oh, stuff. God, <laughs> no, no. They're, they're making fun of us. They are. <laughs> oh my God, we're missing. <laughs> I no. Well, apparently not. Apparently I watch not. Fellini movies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so she was real excited about this uh, this paint by number, and it's so it's essentially an all white canvas mm-hmm. with, with lines around it. And uh, of course, my brother's her dad, so she was like, he calls me and he's like, hey, Sophie's really really panicking. And he's like, she's just like, Dad, Dad, this color's wrong. This color's not going to work. And he was like, but I know, because I was talking to you, the colors have to have a context before they work. And it was so funny. So my brother was like, listen, it's just because it's all white. Once you put other colors in, it'll work out. You'll be fine. And sure enough. That's so (laughs) cute. That's That's adorable. (laughs) Love that. That's so cute. Your painting knowledge has been passed on. Pass it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a few hands there. Yeah. You can quit now. I'm just going to teach a, a workshop on how to paint Totoro and yeah. not freak out. <laughs> to like five year olds. Five. You're going to have, yeah, it's going to be big. Yeah. It's like the biggest workshop you've ever done. It really probably would. It would be. But wait, you have a. It's going to be uh, so great. A little doll of Totoro. I do. I have a little stuffed animal of him. And I have his little friend. Who's his friend? Uh, he's, I don't remember his... I don't know if he ever had a name. I don't think he had a name. He was a little blue one, and he had a little... Um, he had a little. Have a he's the one that had a little backpack. Right. I don't remember the name. So. I don't think he had a name. No. No, no, no. They didn't, they didn't name him. Huh. But I do have a cushion cover with Totoro. <gasps> I love it. Yeah. It's so cute. So why has this imagery not, like, gotten involved in your paintings I think it's so interesting it's like this parallel universe in mm-hmm. the gen paradigm I don't know I think it's because when I started learning how to paint I learned that in Florence Academy and there was no room for imagination there hmm. um, but your paintings have a lot of imagination in them yeah I guess I I don't I don't know I mean I think it's just be it, it could possibly be the same reason why I decided I didn't want to uh, work for Disney I just didn't I didn't want I liked it to live as something that was pure entertainment um, I didn't want to like labor over anything I didn't want it to turn into a job okay um, so. Uh, maybe that was like the same reason like I didn't I, I don't know I just never thought about it I was never inspired to bring like an anime element into my work it just didn't seem to fit but you said pure entertainment do you see your paintings as beyond entertainment in a way beyond it or, no or different from entertainment do you see the, you know what I'm saying would you call them entertaining? 
would you say that's their function or their purpose? I can't know. Well, they occupy me. Entertainment for you, but entertainment for a viewer. I don't think I'd use the word entertainment for it. I don't know if I'd use the word entertainment for art, like oil painting. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah you have a really, like, beautiful idea about what painting is, I think, because you talked about, like, the difference between being a painter and being an artist, right? <laughs> yeah. So what, can you mention that again? Because I think we haven't talked about that. Oh, but I was so deep then, and now I'm, I oh, it's, it's I gone. You're all I superficial said. now. Yeah. This is a superficial gen. Oh, so the deep gen is the alien gen, and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, which is the real gen? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is the real gen? <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I can't tell you. Figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, you were saying at the time that you wouldn't call yourself an artist. Bob Dylan called himself a song and dance man. That's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's such an asshole thing to do, too. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't know, I think it, it, but it did spark to mind in the idea of fine art and not, because clearly he's not a song and dance man, and he's like bringing real blue collar theater like nomenclature to what. He's yeah, doing. but it's how he sees himself, though. I don't think he was lying. He was probably being very true to his opinion about himself. Hey, that's so interesting. I, I like that take. I think he. I think he's probably lying, but there's no basis for that other than. Why do you think he was lying? I think he was. Or do you think he was just being funny? I think he's being a little funny okay. and being a bit of a dickhead. He was big. <laughs> And I wonder, like, I, but it, but to a less cynical point, is like, is is fine art entertainment, or is it just there to elevate? Is it there to communicate something that's not entertaining? I mean, I would say like a painter like Dolly feels like entertainment, mm-hmm. right? In a way, maybe mm-hmm. maybe the funnest to look at that there is, mm-hmm. just like, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe <laughs> could be, yeah. Oh, interesting. I was just Coons. Coons. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> That's what I heard, but you know, maybe I misheard, misheard you. <laughs> You've been blessed by Coons. <laughs> the ghost of Coons. That's who's turning off your lights in Missouri. Yeah, so. could be. Could be. And so that's why I ended up working there. I was just, I was like possessed for it. I was yeah. like a little like, that's like why I couldn't sleep. He was just like, whispering things in my ears. And your like, cat was looking at his weird reflection. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> he has such like a strange little, like a, an all-American boy look to him. He's yeah, but, yeah, yeah, he He's does. Like hair parted and being yeah. so deliberately He could have been a character in Twin Peaks. He so could have been a character in Twin Peaks. That's true. We have to rewrite Twin Peaks with with coons in it. Oh, God, he does not need more exposure. Um, <laughs> I, I told you about how he's, like, super sneaky, right? Like, with the microwave, me microwaving my coffee. Oh, did tell I, me. Did I tell that Wait, story? Tell it no, again. No, and I love where it's going, but was this coffee another ritual just out of sheer <laughs> Did you have a work ritual? Yeah, of course I did. Oh, I had a work great. ritual in the, in the morning. I'd get there. I'd have to get there around, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. I would get... Um, I would meet up with a friend of mine. That's so crazy early. I know. So early. Wait, was a friend Hannah? Yeah. Okay. Get, I'd I'd either, she'd already be there. That's right. Okay. 
she'd either already be there or we'd meet up somehow. And then we would walk to this little deli across the street, get our coffees, and sit upstairs and watch the sunrise for like two hours. And then we'd start working. <laughs> for two well, hours? Wait, you would get yeah. up early just to watch the sunrise with Hannah Faith Yada for two hours. Yeah, that's right. But you're, but now you're on the clock. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, it's no, it wasn't just, like, for fun. Clock. We weren't, like, it wasn't this, like, romantic, like, we're going to watch the sunrise every morning for fun. <laughs> like, we were getting paid to do this that. This is a ritual I can You were getting get paid to watch the sunset rise. That's right, yeah. Sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So then I would, because I'm a very slow drinker, I nurse things for a very long time. So I would have the same cup of coffee until around lunch. <laughs> Which and was, what was lunch, like uh, 6 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> it's like, I know, it's like lunch, lunch it's like 9 a.m. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was this one day, it was always around the same time. I needed a break, so I'd stand up, I'd go, and I'd, like, nuke my coffee, and there was this one day that he was he was there. He just like materialized. Uh, it seems sort of like hovering up on. Yeah, it kind of was like that. I like, was so tired, and I like I was all zoned out. And then go pull open the microwave door, put my coffee in, and I'm just staring at it, waiting. And then all of a sudden, like right here, right by the side of my ear, he's like, "How's your day?" <laughs> and I turned around and he because he didn't even like back up his head was still kind of here that when I turned very around that freaked me out and <laughs> probably worse than the lights going off slowly <laughs> I was so startled he's I was a so specter yeah. he's definitely a classic okay specter. but like the, to that point finish, the buzzer went off for my coffee turn uh-huh. get the coffee out he wasn't there anymore. Oh my god! <laughs> he wasn't there. He just like disappeared. He is a specter, really? and I didn't He's hear him leave. I didn't hear him leave. Specter activity. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He so just you have been haunted by mm-hmm. Jeff Koons. I was. Yeah. What sort of shoes was he? I don't know. Must have been some ninja shoes. Yep, I think so. <laughs> that he was floating. Squeakly. You know, shoes. I think he did wear a lot of sneakers. He's just floating on one of his balloon animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But back to when you were a kid, I like this picture of you watching anime as a little girl in Long Island before anyone in the house is awake. Mm-hmm. What was Okay, that? but Evangelion was not... That was on in the afternoon. Oh. There was a time, and it was on oddly... I thought you were like, talking about someone named Evangelion. I was like, who is that? Who is Evan? That's a famous painter. Yeah, okay. Yes. And philosopher. No, what is this show called? Evangelion? Evangelion? Neon Genesis. I think you need to say it just one more time. Evangelion. All right, go ahead. I think some people say Evangelion. I don't I don't know which one is the right one. I always just say Evangelion. I could see okay. Evangelion like Evangel Evangelist. Yeah. Yeah, it you know what? It probably no, no, is that because right. the whole show, the whole series had a, a, a strong religious undertone to it. Huh. So really? you're right. It it may be that actually. Um and it involved giant robots. I don't think they mm-hmm. know that. No. Giant robots that. that have the souls of their dead parents inside of them. Or at least Shinji's did. Did yeah. all of them? 
Or just Shinji's? Um, I, think I do Shinji's. not need those. Wait, where is it ones. from? Where? What is this from? Japan or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, this is, I want to watch this series again. I'm gonna have to watch it. They're always yeah. doing giant robots. I remember some. I know you've never seen giant that. robot no, flying to, to the I don't sky. care about these robots. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Back to the picture of you. Uh, consumed with ritual as a little kid watching these shows by yourself, right? Yeah, I was alone and I would anticipate it every year. It was when TV was doing like these little like vignettes, like once a year for like a week, they would play her like the, that live action show of Hercules. Oh, yeah. And then they'd all, they started in with Xena for like another week. Uh-huh. And then sci-fi, for whatever reason, started doing a week of anime. But I didn't know that that's what it was. Wait, so you oh. watched all that stuff? Yeah. Wow. And so I knew after a while... Like, was Arnold Schwarzenegger Hercules? No. No. Kevin... Sorbo. Oh my <laughs> god, yes. So you were like one of those kids that was and raised Lucy by... Lucy Wallace was the Xena, right? <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was. So you were like one okay, of those kids that was stuff. raised by the television, or... You just no, definitely of... not. Okay. Definitely not. All right. I just knew what to keep an eye out for. Okay, all right. <laughs> you were like, there's cool <laughs> stuff happening, I gotta watch time. it. Well, okay, because like Evangelion, Evangelion is... So good. Like, the reason it caught my attention was because it's so violent. But how old were you? Uh, eight? Nine? And you loved all that violence. Oh, I loved it. There's just blood everywhere. Intent, <laughs> like, just wide-eyed terror on all of the characters' faces. It's just animated beautifully. And then it ended. Like, I just, I had no idea what I saw, but I was obsessed with it. And then, like, huh. I started realizing that it was this thing that they were doing every year. Hmm. So then I found out what it was. It was anime, and it was, like, a whole thing. And then school started at, God, I had to be in homeroom at, like, 7.15 or 7.30 in the morning. Actually, the the kids in there were around the same age, right? No, they would have been older than me. They were... They were, like, 12, 12 to 15, okay. something like that. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so, like, school would start at, like, 7.15. So I was waking up every morning at, like, 5. And then... That's so crazy. That's when you already mm-hmm. started, like, your early morning Yeah. You thing. get your coffee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a seven-year-old? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Save gotta, it till lunch. Gotta get my cup of joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I started watching... Um, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon was on at at five in the morning. Sailor Moon was on at like five or five thirty in the morning. As a seven, eight year old, and I imagine you didn't. I mean, I'm. A, this is total speculation, but you probably didn't have fellow classmates to share this with, or were they into it, or was it just total outside? Uh, like yeah, I don't think anybody knew about it. Oh, so it was Did like you? your dirty little secret you were watching. <laughs> Did you ever watch? I'm watching Sailor Moon. Squad? I can't tell anyone. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I would tell everybody about, it, but nobody like had any, nobody knew what I was talking about. Huh. So, was, did you like the private aspect of it? I remember. I loved the idea that the the things I played with, my parents didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And actually, going to the toy store with my nephew not too long ago. I knew everything that that kid was into. Mm-hmm. It's shocking, you know. You guys, it's like 
It's all Thundercats, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, all Pokemon, all the same shit I had. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how does that function as entertainment, back to the original, because it's the same stuff your parents are into. And I always thought the interesting thing as a kid was it was your own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad didn't know what Ninja Turtles were. Right. And they'd always say them wrong, like, you know, the the turtle thing with the, the, you know, and it was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I liked it that they had no idea, and it sort of separated. Was that, in, in your school, was that kind of a compelling idea that this was your thing? Like, to me? Yeah. Or no. Did you, no? Okay. No, I didn't, I didn't think about it at all. Like, I didn't, I, it didn't mean anything because nobody knew what I was talking about. So I just, like, didn't, it didn't exist after 5.30 in the morning. You had a total pure love of this thing. Oh, yeah, I totally did. It was just... And they just released a brand new revamped Sailor Moon series, which I've started watching and I love. Oh. Mm-hmm. New, new? Like new animation? It's the same stories as the original, but uh, yeah, totally redrawn. I don't think as good. I don't like redraw. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So was it like kind of an escapism for you or just like a fun thing to... Fun, um, fun imaginary world that you... Yeah, it was just fun. Yeah. Like, I would watch it when my mother was, like, braiding my hair in the morning. Aw. Like, watching TV. That's very sweet. <laughs> that is so sweet. Yeah. Aww. Eating cereal. She's braiding my hair. But I didn't want to go to school. I don't know. The conversations we've had, it does seem like you have a very pure aesthetic. It doesn't seem like you really care what people think or opinions or you don't necessarily use things to push yourself away or into certain groups. You just kind of exist as your own free-floating entity. Do you, yeah. do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I don't try to do that, but I think that that is what it is. Yeah. You need to sell out more, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. No. So Definitely. why didn't you end up drawing your little action figures and all that, but you instead like chose the Little Mermaid to... Why did you end up drawing the Disney stuff and not that? I'm just uh, curious. Oh, well, well, I was obsessed with it. It was the first thing I ever saw. I mean, I saw a little mermaid cart, um, like a trailer for it when I was five years old. Okay. I was obsessed with it. Um, you loved it in the trailer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. I didn't, I wasn't obsessed with mermaids or anything. I just, I loved the look of it and I got so excited about it. Uh-huh. Huh. And um, and then my mother just said, like, out of nowhere, because I got really excited, and I didn't understand that it wasn't out, like, that there was no way for me to watch it yet. Mm. So, um, for whatever reason, my mother was like, I remember it so clearly. I was in the living in the living room. She was vacuuming in the kitchen. I run over to tell her that we have to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she just says, like, you know, for God, I have no idea. It was, like, the weirdest response. Like, who does this? But she was just like, well, why don't you just draw the characters now and you can see them now? Like, it, was, like, it made no oh, sense. <laughs> like, she was just, like, in that exact moment. She's like, just go and draw them. Your mother is awesome. And That's such and a I smart literally thing to say did, to a kid. I literally did that. I was like, okay. And <laughs> I went back into the living room with a piece of paper and I started drawing. That was when I started drawing. Wow. So she like saw... I actually don't know if I drew anything until I saw the trailer for the little huh. She's just like I got I got So draw she this. saw your passion and <laughs> she was like, go for it. Yeah. Go ahead and do it yourself. 
song. That, that is, is that is actually cool as shit. At first, I thought your mom was trying to get out of taking you to the movie, but then I'm like, <laughs> no, I think she was really smart. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it sounds like she like really encouraged your your independence. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I think she did. Um, That's cool. Yeah, she was always really supportive of me. That's for sure. So did your parents like? When you said you wanted to be a painter, I'm not going to say artist because that was the whole discussion about that. Mm-hmm. When you said you wanted to choose making art as your life, as your career, were they supportive of that? Or uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't... It, no decisions were made in my life. It was always just like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, it, huh. it was, like, not... Like, it was really not like a well, I guess I could do this or that. Like, there was no choices being made. It was just like, well, I'm drawing, I like it, I'm going to art school, that's it. Like, there was no no decisions were made. Huh. I just knew that I was going to go there, and that was it. Actually, I think Ringling was the only school I even applied to. I was like, I'm going there. So why <laughs> Ringling, then? Because I knew that Disney hired from Ringling. Okay. Oh. So you had a commercial intent with it. Yeah, I mean, that's all like, I was drawing was Disney characters. Okay. Like, well, I, I was, like, my dream to work for Disney. Like, right. I would tell everybody I was going to work for Disney, and so, everybody believed me. It wasn't about, like, really <laughs> having the job. It was just because you loved Disney. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and then, like, when I was in school, I just realized I didn't want it. I just wanted it to be fun. Huh. Um, I did, what I mean didn't fun? Fun. I wanted the. I wanted my experience with Disney to be fun. I didn't want it to turn into a job. Oh, yeah. Stay an appreciator of that world mm. without. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting facet, too, because I think painting is less fun when it has a commercial angle to it. Like, it feels like a commission portrait is always a little more laborious than just painting whatever you want to paint. Mm-hmm. And it feels like. As a professional artist, one of the difficulties is those lines get really blurry on what, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also suffer from the amount of work I do. Like, there was um, there was a time, and it, it hasn't happened since, because I was either, I've either become very aware of it, or, or I've just become lazy, I'm not sure. But um, when I was in Florence... I worked so much because it was oh, it was like a five-day-a-week school. It was really normal. Five days a week, you'd leave at 7 at night, and that was it. Um, but everybody was kind of competitive, so they'd stay through the weekend. And you'd stay, like, basically like through the night. Like, there was just no breaks. Mm. And I was one of those people because I am also kind of competitive. And... Um, and I didn't want to, like, lose any momentum. So... I spent like a whole year doing nothing but working and it got to a point where I went to draw at night and the drawings were horrible. Like, I mean, like they looked like, like I'm right-handed. It looked like I was drawing them with my left hand. Like everything was out of proportion. Like nothing was working. Wow. And it just turned into what I meant. Cause I took a break. Like I got, I got frustrated and I didn't work for like a week and then I, uh, and then it all like worked out. Like, it just came, all came back. It was like my, my brain was just like, you need to not be doing this anymore. Hmm. Uh, like, I just needed a recharge. Right. Um, and that hasn't happened again to that extent. But, um, like, for example, I have, a, like, a lot of commissions that, that I'll do. And 
I will purposefully space them because if I do one after the other or occasionally I used to try and get two in in one day mm-hmm. and I don't do that anymore because it starts feeling like I'm cranking them out and then right. I get really lazy with my brush strokes and there's mm. also absolutely no love in it anymore. I'm just tired. I'm like, okay, I got to do it. I got to do it. So then it's like, they're not really that good. I'm not proud of them. And it's like, if I don't feel like I'm growing or like doing anything good, like what the heck is the point of doing any of it? Right. So, um, so yeah, I just, I try and like space it all out. So it remains fun. Hmm. That's smart. Yeah. Hmm. But then maybe like, because you had that kind of wild tear with a little bit of uh, madness, because that was sort of my program at the league for a while too. And I remember... A good friend at the time, Reed, was talking about how Hemingway had a theory that to get anywhere, you have to exhaust yourself to the point of complete sloppiness to break through anything. Mm-hmm. And I really took that seriously. And I think that there is a little magic in that at certain moments where you're just so done that everything, even you're not performing well but your your brain like crossed a threshold somehow you mm-hmm. know yeah I still experience that whenever my work is consistently bad um now I think that there's a difference like you can always kind of sense it if it's like if it's just you you not working well that's one thing but then there's another thing where you can you can sense that it's this other thing where nothing is looking right where uh, Everything is the way it should be. You're working as hard as you should be working, but mm-hmm. nothing is going well. And right. it's not that it's not going well. It probably is identical to what you've been doing. But you see it differently because you're beyond your own level. And mm-hmm. I, I would wonder if that's kind of like the same thing, is that mm-hmm. you're, you're like you grew. Like you, you, grew, you yeah. can see all of your issues that you were originally really proud of, and you now are trying to be better than that. Like you're trying to be better than yourself. Yeah. So and then are, that's how you grow. So are you constantly, oh, I'm sorry, but yeah, are you constantly trying to one-up yourself then, or do you see yourself no, as doing No, I don't that? think, I mean, yeah, I'm always trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, like all I want to do is just be like proud of what I'm doing. Um, I see loads of problems with what I do, mm-hmm. um, but I just, I can tell when it's no good. And, and like, I just, I don't like that. Like it just, I have to be at least for that day, proud of what I did and see some kind of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not like one upping myself though. Okay. What do you do with those paintings that are, you, that are failures then? Are they... I mean, well, I'll what you wouldn't, that you're not happy with. I, I can't imagine any of your paintings being a failure, but... Well, I'll either work through them where they're, like, kind of okay in the end, or I just stop. Like, you can, like, again, like, you can kind of sense when these things aren't working. Huh. Um, like, I have a huge canvas in my studio. It's, like, seven feet long, and there are three paintings on it uh, in layers. I just keep painting over it. Um, oh, and it's just like it, three different or just yeah, like, like three different paintings, huh? And okay. your painting style, it, it seems a little less of layering, getting it the next, like thinking, well, I could always get it the next day. It's more like a beautiful pass that worked or not, almost more like Sargent, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, or you try to 
nail it in one beautiful pass and if it didn't work you just try to do it again right yeah yeah each each day is an alacrima yeah 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 Mm -hmm. that's such a great thing because i think that you said because i think you had said something jen about how like sergeant would practice his strokes right Mm -hmm. Did he? Did you say well, that? What to do you me? mean? Practice them? Did he? Did he? Oh no! Well, maybe somebody else told me this. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe somebody else told me this. I think that somebody was telling me that, like he would. He would do a stroke, and if it wasn't right, he would go back and do it again, and yes. like that would be like a movement that he would understand that it was the right movement to make that correct mm-hmm. stroke. Oh yeah, he was obsessed with that. And he would do that. He'd put a stroke down. He he didn't like it. He'd palette knife it off. And then he'd just obsessively make a stroke so that it looked effortless. Um, And, like, yeah, he'd get frustrated all the time. He's, like, super grumpy man. There was was that story, like, I I don't know how true it is because I didn't read it. This is secondhand information, but, like... He painted, like, Madame X's face. Like, it took him, like, something like 70 times. Mm -hmm. Just 70 days on that. But it was like you said, all a la prima. Like, it didn't work. He'd get rid of it. Mm -hmm. On the same painting. All on the same painting. Yeah, just sort of, like, wipe it down or whatever at the end of the day and then try again the next Mm -hmm. day. So could you x-ray it and see the other ones? You couldn't. No, because I think he was, the way it was told to me, he was sort of white, obliterating it, wiping it off or scraping it off. Well, you Hi. can still see those movements, though, even in an x-ray. Um, I think, actually, you can. You can see shifts. Also, the thing with Madame X, too, is that it's been restored a few times, so you can see how it's shifted over the years, how it's, like, starting to transform into a painting that's not really Sargent's anymore. Like, oh. little, little tiny things. Yeah. I mean, that happens naturally in restoration, but... Um, but you can always see these things. All of his paintings crack like crazy. Yeah. And the method just all cracked up. Well, he uses a tremendous amount of paint, and he was not a fan of uh, mediums. He thought that oil was a waste. He's like, don't do that to your paint. He's like, you've got good paint, use it. That's interesting. So it's just a ton of paint. It's cracking. And it's cracking also, I think, because of the white... Really? Yeah. Do you adopt that using a lot of paint or? I try to. I mean, I'm not really that great at it. I I, I don't use a lot of medium. Um, It's only linseed oil um, uh, in the beginning and then nothing. And then it's just straight paint. Um, Oh, only linseed oil. mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, And you're not worried that that's going to yellow or? No. It will. Not so much. I like linseed oil. You know, I I did this thing just like putting white on and seeing how it dried. Mm -hmm. And that white itself, just white out of a tube, is so yellow within a year anyway. It's like, yeah. But it matters what's made with. You were probably using white made with linseed oil. Yeah. It won't do that if you you have the tube with walnut oil or poppy. Uh, Well, they don't make paint with poppy oil. Uh, Walnut oil. Yeah. It won't do it. And that's why people will use walnut oil and also why they use poppy. Those are the ones that won't yellow. Doesn't poppy, like, that That slows down the drying time, right? Uh, yeah, it does. Both of them do. Walnut that's slower. why so many people will use linseed um, okay. is because it is the fastest of the oils. And do you switch from linseed into something else after that? or No, uh, because I'll just use paint. Okay. Oh, okay, so it's the linseed with the paint in the first layers like keeping it thin and then when you're getting thicker you'll just use the paint yeah you would imagine that to be the concept of fat over lean but it's really not to um 
Oh, yeah, because you're using the oil. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like if you were to imagine it, it makes no sense, but really that's what it is. It's like the fat is the oil. Right. Um, So if you want to maintain that process, you really should be throwing in like a ton of oil right at the end. Right. Almost like a thin layer on the top, which doesn't make sense, but it's just loaded up with oil. So So you're not using any kind of commercial mediums like oleo gel or... Oleo gel is the only one that I'll occasionally put on my palette. Okay. And I only will do that um, if I'm looking for a little bit of an extra body in the work. And I don't mind doing that because it's it's linseed oil. Oh, oleo gel is linseed oil? Mm-hmm. It's oh. linseed oil with, like, one other thing in it. I'm not sure what it is. But it's, like, archival, and it's pretty pure. So okay. I don't have a problem using it. Cool. Yeah. We're going to take Let's a short take a break. wine break. Yes. Yay, wine break. Yay. Does anyone want cookies? <clears throat> No. <laughs> I never pay attention to these things. Like, I, I totally miss the obvious. So, there's this one model I'll use, Philip Klein. He's amazing. He's such a sweet guy. Um, but he has a ton of tattoos. Oh. And... And I, I do see them. It's not like I don't see them. He's got them everywhere. But he has on his hips two big stars. Hmm. And uh, one day, and it wasn't even like he just showed up and it was the first day of the pose. It was, I was staring at him helping people with their paintings for a month. So I was looking at this guy who was about for a month. Last day, I was like, you got you got new tattoos? And he's like, oh, which ones? And I said, the stars. And he's like, yeah, those were the first tattoos I ever got. Uh, <laughs> like, I just didn't see them. I didn't, nothing registered. That's so wow. funny. Yeah, I totally missed them. Like, they just, like, I couldn't see that they were there. Because you were just looking at his... It's hot bod. It was. I was well, just... I, well, I didn't want to say that, but... Mesmerized <laughs> by it. Mesmerized. Now you just, just objectified, <laughs> objectified the model. Thank you, Marshall. It's all I do when I'm teaching is just say, like, look at this great body, guys. Look yeah. at this. You don't learn the model's name. <laughs> just a nice bod up there. So great. <laughs> What about your tattoos, I was thinking though? of the muscles and the sinew, and I don't know, oh, muscles and the skeleton. I'm sure she was just thinking about the anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what? yeah, what about your tattoos? When did you get your tattoos? Uh, I got my first one when I was 17. That's illegal. Yeah, I guess. Is it? I think Where? you would be 18. Long Island. Oh, where on my body? <laughs> yeah, well, both. Yeah. Because, because that's a <laughs> It was Long Island. Um, Louis? No. Oh, Louis. Lou, Lou's Tattoos. That's where I went. Lou's Tattoos. Lou's Tattoos in yeah. Long Island don't give a fuck about yeah. me. No. Nope. That's for sure. And I went to Lou's for all my piercings. And some of my early tattoos. Wait, really? all your piercings? Do you have multiple piercings on your ears? Yeah, I used to have a ton of piercings. Huh. Yeah. I had... Ton of I had nine in my ears. Oh, wow. What? Where? <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, now I was... You guys get down and dirty all the time. I just get... 
skip over that stuff. <laughs> like, just trying to keep it clean here. <laughs> um, okay, so... You don't have to tell us anything that you don't want to Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I had my lower back done before that that was a thing. And I, what, pierced wow. or... No. Oh, tattoo. Um, okay. Yeah, subdermal stuff wasn't around when I was oh. first doing it. Subdermal? Yeah. Lou was way ahead of the curve. He was, Lou, yeah. You know. He's like, what are you, 15? Get in the chair. <laughs> Come on. Hey, who's Lou? <laughs> tattoos. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. No, it was a tattoo. No piercings in there. Okay, okay. Um, Wait, what is that? What's a, what's a tattoo? Uh, well, I, I drew all of them. Oh. And it's, I mean, I did it when I was like 15. So it was like a little heart. And then it has like a little tribal thing coming off it. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Any Little Mermaid tattoos? No. That would have been cool if I just was like covered in like sailor tattoos. Like, oh. <laughs> that um, would be cool. I can actually see that. Yeah. I would love that it's actually. Like, this is not ironic. Are you gonna get are you gonna get any more tattoos? No, I think about it. I wouldn't mind. I thought I was done. Some I wish were gone. There's some on my back I don't like anymore. Is your entire back covered with them? I have a lot on my back, but oh. they're all kind of linear. They're just, like, moving up the spine. It's not, like, all oh. over. And are they related or, like, separately? No. They're, like, kind of designed together, but they're all a little different. Huh. Um, I covered one tattoo. There was, like, a like a flower that's now a star. Um, and I think it's kind of faded now, so you can kind of see the flower inside of the star. Oh, you covered it, okay. And what's the one on your neck? Because I didn't even notice that. These guys are telling me that you have one on your neck. I'm like, I don't even remember. Did you still not see it? You have to turn around. I have to see it. (laughs) Kim's like looking right at you. Now, what what tell you? Oh, okay. Yes, of course. I'm such an idiot. I I can't It's so funny. It's like that thing that you see and you just don't see it. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, that's uh, another design that I that I did. I did this, the one on my neck and the ones on my arms in uh, in Missouri. Okay. Oh, in Missouri, mm-hmm. the ghost did it. Yeah, I woke up and I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Your cat is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what? adorable. So, oh, but yeah. why tattoo? I mean, like, I'm just interested in what, why people get tattoos. A lot of people get tattoos to mark an event or no. as some sort of ritualistic thing. No. You just, I just thought that they were cool. They're just so secular. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was also really curious about the pain, and I wanted huh. to see if I'd be able to tolerate it. Huh. And I like easily could have. Like it's everybody says that they're super painful, and I just don't relate to that, that at all. That has never been my impulse to feel pain, <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's because you're sensitive. You said I'm interested in the pain, and I've never had that thought. Well, I was curious about it. And I was convinced that everybody was just wimps about it, and I wanted to see if it was real. And it, I mean, it's not super pleasant. It's not like a feather is, like, brushing up against you. So but on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most painful, what did you think it was? Like a 4. The ones on my arms are the, the easiest. Like, I barely felt these. The one on my neck actually didn't hurt until it went on my skull. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that hurt. Yeah. Oh, it went on your skull? Yeah, just a little right here. Ow. And that, Wait, that did was... you have to shave it for them to get in no, there? No, no, no. You could still Take see it. Take a and... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you wear your hair up just to specifically show off that tattoo, or that's just mm-mm. part of it? No. I like little, like, secret things that are just for you. Like, 
Um, if you, if I had this yeah. and it's for whatever reason you never saw it, it, that would kind of be cool to me actually. Yeah. And that seems I like, like that a too. theme with you. That's interesting. Like little secret separations, secret rebellions and things like, cause you, you do have that interesting facet of your personality that's just about you doing things for yourself mm-hmm. and not so much what other what others are thinking yeah that's true it's like the it's sort of in a way like the epitome of punk rock you know is it i think so oh jen is punk rock then right yeah it, it has a little <laughs> bit of that vibe the ultimate like, right here <laughs> yeah because you're not like i did not make that connection but yeah sure <laughs> well yeah because it's uh, you're not like all tatted out and going to death metal shows you're painting a super academic traditional way with these little covert rebellions within it you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's more interesting in a way way more individualistic than someone who just pushes a a type to the the ninth level you know yeah i do find that very boring so what are your little rebellions in your paintings then i'm curious I wouldn't even know because I'm not actively doing that. Right. It's just something that that's just who you are and it's, you're not deliberately making those things happen. Like the anime, you weren't like deliberately like, I'm into anime and it's different from any, anybody else. You're just yeah. like, I'm into anime. I like that. Yes, exactly. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's even better. I like that better because like rebellion, rebellion brought to a certain level becomes conservative. Absolutely. Because, I mean, you just, I, that's what happened with tattoos, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, if a few people were doing them at first, you know, and then it was this tribal feeling. I've got a tattoo, so I belong to this sort of tribe. Yeah. And then everybody was doing it, and it was like, Do you, it's it's become mainstream. Yeah. It's, so it's no I think longer it's rebellion. Like rebellions within a context. Like, I couldn't, I don't think the way that my life is now, I could do anything that, would be rebellious. It's just that concept is beyond my my life is one of no one giving a fuck what I look like on a daily basis, you know? It's not like I'm corporate and have to have a certain haircut or anything. You can do a mohawk and it's so easy that it, it it's pointless. You know? Right. Yeah. No one's checking up. No. I need someone to check up on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been meaning to tell you. It's <laughs> actually an intervention. We have a list. Let oh me get it. <laughs> yeah, literally, though, but that speaks to the artist's life. I mean, I've been drunk and high super early. I've had wild haircuts, all you know, all that. No one, no one cares. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You can sleep all day if you want you can it it's i think that's one of the difficulties of this life in a way is you have to find your own ways to be productive when no Mm -hmm. one's really uh well i guess there's commissions and shows but for the most point any of us on any given day could just sleep in and stay drunk and it's not really gonna matter you Mm -hmm. know even that's boring though right yeah right i've done that (laughs) (laughs) so jen what what is it that drives you to get to the studio every day then 
It's my ritual. I have to go. It's a okay. ritual. Oh my God. <laughs> Can't break the ritual. That's right. That was a podcast goal right there. We just went full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we stop right now? That's it. Drop the mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, art is, I mean, people always say that it's a compulsion and I think, I mean, it's true. It really is. Um, for me anyway, it's, it's like, what else are you going to do? It's what I'm, it's what I do. But what facet of it, besides ritual, which is established that I, I love, what facet of it is the compulsion? Is it the kind of like uh, showing what you've done? Is it putting paint on a canvas? Is it people looking at your work and talking about it? Like no, what it's definitely not people looking at the work and seeing it. Um, if it's definitely not that, do you feel that that compromises it in some way when people do see it are you that private about it uh yeah I guess it's a little precious to me I get a little insecure whenever it's out there hmm. um so you're not painting for anybody but yourself yeah I mean I, I don't know why anybody would paint for that I, it all has to be for yourself okay I don't actually like it when people do that when they paint for other people or their idea of what they think it should be or the idea of painting like a lot of artists will paint um like they'll be doing absolutely nothing like they might have a a little thing here and there they have no ideas about anything they're just kind of like painting for the sake of it which is fine and then like a gallery will come along and they'll just say like well you have to do a solo show and they're like okay and then they just scramble to do it and it's like I don't really feel like anything worthwhile is going to come out of that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that all the work should always be for yourself. And um, it should I be, like, a personal exploration. And, uh, like, you're really, like, exploring certain things. And, like, just whether it's, like, feelings or concepts or whatever. But then it's just, like, you have a collection of pre-existing work. And then a gallery just so happens to want all of them. Like, it's huh. that is how a solo show, I think, should be. I think that's how they used to be mm-hmm. and now everybody's obsessed with selling and it's right. like everything's just manufactured it's like well we're gonna do a solo show this is your date get your work done yeah. and it's like no wonder the work that's out now for us to reference like isn't any good like i mean how so often boring. do you look at work that people are doing now and are actually impressed by it like a lot of it is bad and yeah. i think it's because like People don't experience, yeah, people don't experience anything. They're forced to work under deadlines. Like it's all fake. It's, it's all fake. And it just drives me crazy. I've just, I'm, I'm very bored by it. Kind of faux intellectualism is pervasive and watered down messages. Like, because I think what I was hearing you talk, your points were so good, but it, it, it also seems so like it's romantic on one hand as it should be but when we were talking with Jason about this a little bit like I think he's such a great curator because he he curates the way you're talking about making art and from pure place Mm -hmm. but it does pull him a little outside of a marketplace you know like I think the truer an art is 
uh, the more it has a personal message to it, the more it has a concise worldview, the more you're alienating people. You know, it's almost like even a, even in the mainstream, like a TV show, if it all of a sudden has a perspective and an angle, you're going to turn some people off, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like all those steps, all those steps with integrity wind up distancing yourself from audience more and more, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Do you do you do you feel that way? Probably, yeah. Like, well, what do you mean that it's like whenever it's like whenever it's forced? Yeah, whenever it's not like a cliche, you know. I think cliches sell. Like whenever it's not a girl in a tub or the vase, the glass vase with the peonies or something, you're you're. Once it gets out of that, it's a worldview that some people aren't going to agree with or want to hang on their wall. Or at worst, I mean, who wants to hang someone's neuroses on their wall? You know, <laughs> those yeah. neuroses go in museums and get appreciated, like James Enzo or any of these greats. But they're not. They they they're certainly not going to be in Chelsea right now. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like um, that yeah. art just doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. I look at Lucian Freud. I mean. Yeah, but, but that's so different. Tame. That's so but it's also different. I mean, you're looking at it now. Yeah. Like yeah. it's you know, if you have an opportunity to have one, you're going to have one because it's illusion Freud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like I don't think I actually could live with one of his paintings. You say it's tame, but I have you spent some time with his work because Yeah, I find it's, it it's so tame, right? Some of them are, but some of them are really raw. It's like, just really like super the body as a piece figures. of meat. I think that is so heady. I don't think he. I don't think that's his view necessarily, and I don't get that off those paintings. They're just really super well painted figures on a, a couch in a bed with a dog beside them. Really, absolutely. I think they're great, but they're not. They're not earth shattering personal depictions from someone because i actually have a hard time spending time with his work I, I love it at first my first okay so like i will go in i went to a show a couple of times and in the netherlands he had a show and i think i'm trying to remember what museum it was in the hementa museum i think and yeah like some of them i didn't get a lot from that's true but some of them I just felt like I loved the thickness of the paint and the texture mm-hmm. and how that related to, like, this metaphor of flesh, like these yeah. layers of flesh right. and, like, the meatiness of flesh was so perfectly metaphorical in the way he laid down paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like it was tame at all. I felt like he was looking at like the rawness of what it is to be a human being. I th- I, I I like that. I love Lucian Freud. Don't get me wrong, but I think they are the perfect political statement, as politically correct statement as you could get at his time. And also, they didn't really break into gal. I mean, he's a museum guy. You know, he was selected more so. Not in the Chelsea gallery scene, like the sort of more, you know, current functioning artist. He was like an elite sort of museum guy in his lifetime, you know. Yeah. That sort of skirted more of that 
I, I feel like what we're talking about too is a lot of just um, patrons, current collectors buying your stuff from Instagram or shopping around in Chelsea. They're they're not they wouldn't buy Lucian Freud at this point, you know. Right, but if you're seeing it on Instagram, and I don't know how you feel about this for your paintings in general, Jen, but when you see a painting on Instagram, you don't have the same relationship to the painting as you would in real life. And It's true. You can't... I mean, people do make decisions about, obviously, about paint, getting paintings from Instagram, but mm-hmm. what are they deciding on? You know, are... They're Just not deciding the, on the painting. They're deciding on the image. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like something that's attractive to them, entertaining. Entertaining. And yeah. it entertains them enough that they're like, I want that in my home. Mm-hmm. It, it's pleasing to the eye. It's fun or it's edgy enough that it suits my decor and I want it to work for me. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see the painting in reality, you're having a more, like, first-hand, first-hand experience. Like, Instagram and Facebook and all of that, that's a secondary experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no way that someone would pick Lucian Freud off the Instagram. No, right. because that's yeah, not... Yeah, not a male nude. That's not... Insta- <laughs> that's, yeah, right. <laughs> there's that whole thing about the male nude, but... That's not what painting is. I mean, that's a photograph. And even more so, which is interesting, people doing paintings from photographs and then transmuting it into photography through Instagram. It's like a secondary experience becoming tertiary through the reproduction of that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Copy of a copy of a copy. With right. a human somewhere in the middle of that chain. Right. Mm. where where is that like we were talking about uh, Waterhouse right Mm -hmm. and um, I was saying that I had seen this show of Waterhouse in the Netherlands and you you love Waterhouse too right I do yeah so um, so I had seen him in the Netherlands and and the funny thing was like for so many years I loved Waterhouse just loved him so much and then when I went to see his work I thought oh He's painting the landscape, and then he's painting the model in the in the studio, and there was like this disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like somehow, huh. you saw like this the Frankensteining of of the yeah. image, okay. which you would never see in reproduction. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I could never like buy a Waterhouse. I, I could. I mean, I would see Waterhouse on Instagram and go, "Damn, I want that painting." Right. And then I'd get it, and I'd probably be like, I still love it, but that's not what I thought I saw. Mm-hmm. Huh. Right. But a lot of artists work that way, though. Like, I mean, most figures you're seeing in a landscape are painted that way. Yeah, totally. Um, right. I'm just, I guess, maybe he just, like, didn't, he didn't make that transition as seamless. Um but, but some, it's so even the awkwardness is so cool. Like I'm thinking of that. Well, I I do and I do kind of like that. I think there's something really storybooky about his about his work. Definitely, yeah. there's that um, beautiful totally. narration going on. Yeah, well, the narration, but also like what it looks like. It looks like um, like a little. Uh, I don't even know what I'm thinking of. It's like a, it looks like 
a scene was set and there's like these little figures like moving across it. Like it, it looks actually like a storybook. To definitely, me. it's like it's like the golden age of illustration. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely which I love. I don't know, you did illustration, so I imagine that you're. Yeah, I love a lover. I love illustration. Yeah. That painting is it Secession? Which one? Is it called Secession? Oh, mine? You're yeah. painting Secession, yeah. yeah. Were you looking at uh, Waterhouse's Circe offering the cup to Ulysses? I love that painting, but no, I was not looking at that one for that painting. Well, that's bizarre <laughs> that you weren't looking at that painting, because there are so many connections to that painting. Well, it may have been uh, just in there Like somewhere. subliminal. Yeah. Because I do. I love that painting. It's beautiful. It's what I love also about Waterhouse too, and I'm just thinking about this because I'm thinking of that painting right now. Is I think it's really fun to see how many times he reused the same costumes over and over again. Like the amount of times that he painted <laughs> that dress that she's wearing, and it's is amazing. That right? Yes, and you can see it in many of his paintings. Like he painted that dress constantly. The dress just gets older with patches. Yeah, it's true. A little like I'm flannel not wear patch this. on it's one of starting them. to smell like mothballs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but I think it's really cool. Like, the same dress. Like, um, the other one I'm thinking of, uh, I would never know the name of it, because, frankly, I, don't, I never remember the name of any painting. But it's... So, she's wearing that dress. It kind of has, like, that peacock feather in it mm-hmm. uh, pattern. Same dress that's not wrapped around the waist. Um, it's open. Mm-hmm. Um, is the same... I mean, well, he uses it constantly, but it, just as an example... Um, there's one that he painted of a woman with red hair. I think it's in a low bun, and she's up against a wall, like, sniffing a rose, and it's exactly the same dress. It's just a different different format for it. Huh. And he wow. uh, he does it constantly. Like, they're just... It's, it, it's amazing how you just don't notice these things because you're so fixated on the narrative, and then also right. just the fact that it's wrapped differently, you just don't notice, like... And uh, I just think that you're not like I think I've seen so that dress great. before. What? You're not like I think I've seen that dress before. That looks familiar. I, th- I think I just started noticing it because I was so obs- I, I was looking at his work constantly. That's so I interesting. Like, oh, that's I cannot dress. believe that you were not looking at that painting <laughs> when you painted Secession because there's so many there's so many things in there. Like okay, so like uh-huh. you have you have that pattern of gold in the back, right? Yes. He's got it on the floor. What? The same, it's very similar pattern of gold. Not the gold behind the head. Really? Where? Yeah. Really? Look, have you got it on your screen? Yeah. And okay. you... Uh, versus... Wait. Like the yellow gold? I love not such the... a good painting. What, I love the Secession painting, too, Sorry. though. This isn't a criticism in any way. It's just kind of so interesting to me that there's so many aspects. Like, and then he's got the lion in the throne, and you've got the cat at the foot. My little lion. And and he's got the male figure behind uh, Circe in the mirror, 
But you've got the male figure in, oh my the, God. in the front. That is freakishly so <laughs> Okay. And you've got the hands down, but he's got the hands up in the air. Well, you know what? The main difference, though, is that mine is painted so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look at that. Look at that comparison. Mine's so Yours much is better. painted beautifully. So much it's better. beautifully painted. Yeah, right. And there's and you made, you made the man <laughs> bigger and the cat smaller. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Psychology. Yeah. There's something there. <laughs> you were yeah. talking about your uh, your therapist talking about your paintings, right? Yes. What was she saying about them? Just sort of. It it seemed like we were having a conversation, and he was del. She was delving into imagery you're using and what that sort of means, and what constantly pops up. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So she was talking about... Oh, wait. Can you just open that again? Which one? Look at this one in the middle. I can't see it. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? Hold on. Okay, that dress right there, the the blue one... My shoulder hurts. That's a version. (laughs) That dress is similar to one that pops up a lot. Like, if you just keep looking through a few of them, you'll wow. see it again. Also, look at what she's wearing there. That little gray wrap. Yeah, that's the same dress. In the other see, now I notes. have a Waterhouse book. I'm going to go back through it and go page Yeah, you'll page. see it. He uses the same dress constantly. Even uh-huh. there. Pink, pink, gray, gray. Like, they're all over the place. He had the man on, like, three dresses. <laughs> that's awesome. You don't have to spend a lot of money on dresses. You just have the same three dresses. It's so true. Done. There it is again. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> Another thing that uh, stood out when we were looking through some of your paintings is the uh, the snake motif and the scales. Mm-hmm. That was actually present in your earlier pieces. Snakes. Scales. Snakes. Yeah, because you were saying you were struggling with the scales on this new painting that you have, but you've done scales before. Yes, but never it, doesn't, it never feels like I do them well, and they're always difficult for me. There's no point I'm ever painting them, and I'm like, yeah, I got this. Like, they're uh, never good for me. The Kuan Yin Mm -hmm. piece. Yes, there's a a snake dragon thing moving through that one. So does your therapist have something to say about the snake in your paintings? Castration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Pen- penis envy. Oh, yeah. my God, right. Her new painting because she cuts the heads off. Do you? Wait. Oh, there's no heads of the snakes? Right. No, there's no heads off. Oh, shit, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that's what you, you had that interesting point that how do every time a snake pops up in someone's dream, it is some sort of castration anxiety or like you said, penis envy, cross-cultural where that's not even really a part of their, that culture's nomenclature or whatever. Just sort of how does that work was what he would marvel at. Huh. That wild. Like mm-hmm. why? Why does that? Ha- why does that? Because it's a cultural thing. Why does it? Come no, because it's absolutely not a cultural thing. Oh, it's okay. a sh- collected unconscious thing. Oh yeah, that's. But it very should be said, Jung was a total creep who was a whack job. So <laughs> that was what he's really on. <laughs> For a second, I thought you. You're talking about Yoon. Yeah, I thought he was saying you too, but you're saying you're saying young. Oh my god, young! He would be so into that dude. (laughs) Just just to be clear, we're talking about Jung that came after Freud. That's right. Uh, Not uh, Jung. 
Why you in the love? He get he does love that sort of like pop psych, like real basic glossary. Just dive That's right true. in. Oh my god, we'd be like <laughs> off on like we could talk probably an hour with you about that. Yeah, we totally. will. No, so what else did the therapist have to say about like the symbols that you use? Um, she wasn't speaking so much about the symbols, I don't think, as much as just reoccurring themes or moods of like melancholy, sadness, loneliness. Smashing pumpkins album. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're I a basically, basically super into the smashing pumpkins. <laughs> It's the only thing I listen to. It's like endless loops. It's on in my studio. Right <laughs> well, you could do worse. That but is a terrific aren't those the typical album. painters, you know, emotional. Yeah, right. Because that's where it's resonance. not entertainment. It's like it is. I mean, those are certainly sublime melancholy. Those are those are elevated themes that that belong in the realm of poetry and painting, and not. Mm-hmm. Pokemon or whatever you guys are into. (laughs) (laughs) Pokemon is absolute sublime. (laughs) (laughs) So highbrow. Is that your thesis paper? (laughs) I'm still working. I've been working on it for a decade. Oh my goodness. You're totally (laughs) so. So why the snakes then? I mean, why does that? Why is that like a recurring symbol? I for you? have no idea. It's I. I think I do have a few images that are always like, which I probably won't even be able to think of right now. But there's always like certain solutions you come up with in your head for like what you're gonna do to like set a scene, like to compose a painting. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, snakes are always like this weird solution for me. It's like snakes, flowy fabric black background like oh, these that are the things. one with the flowy fabric is so good that you did which one it's it has like pearls on it flowy fabric a female with a bow it's the Kuan Yin, right it's yeah. the same it's the same one with the with the snake yeah. yeah that was in a show we were in together that's right i love that painting mm-hmm. thank you how big is that it's not that big. The frame's very impressive. It makes it a lot bigger than it is. I don't. I really don't know. I, I never remember the sizes of any of my work. Yeah. I think it's like thirty-eight inches long. Whenever somebody asks me the 42. size, I'm like, it looks like this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it maybe it's like forty-two. I don't know. Okay, something okay. like that. Well, maybe if you did know the sizes more, you would be less of a romantic painter, more of a manufacturer. You mm-hmm. know, like. Reproducing a certain amount of images in a certain size, I'm sure, would leave a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, well, I'm laughing at myself because the way that I pick what size... I mean, sure, fine. Like, whenever you're doing a painting, you get a sense of the size it's supposed to be. You're like, this is meant to be a small painting. This is meant to be a big painting. Um, but I never know exactly what size it's supposed to be. So what I'll do is I'll set up a few stretcher bars or I'll even go to the art store and set them up. And I just look at a bunch of them and I just try and get like a feel for it. And mm. if it feels right, then that's the size the painting is going to be. And then huh. I kind of take it to the next level, which is definitely more um, um, insane, um, is... I will also pick my brushes for the day the same way. I will like decide, intuitively I will decide the size that I kind of need 
And then I hold a few of them in my hand, and then I decide, like, I kind of, like, just feel it out. So there's oh this kind God. of magical That's thinking so going on. Like, this is the one I'm supposed to use huh. today. <laughs> it seems like you have a real intuitive, tactile relationship with the world you exist in. Yeah, that's probably true. Kind of on your on your own terms. It's a yeah. beautiful way to live. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> is this how you choose your friends? It is entirely, <laughs> yep. Across that's, the board. That's actually how I choose books. I remember when I was young when I was younger and I would go into a bookstore and like it had to do with the smell of the book too. Like I could really? smell. Oh, I love it, the smell of a book. Right? I will open like any that will book. Put you down some dark paths with books, though. Oh, I will open up any any book, and it's a habit now. Like they all have a really specific specific smell. I always I always smell them. Right. Um, picking a book if you're if you're not sure of like the author or or what the book is, I always read the first page and the last page and one random page in the middle. Oh, I then... never read the last page. I you read the last. That's page. interesting. Last page. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Yeah. Yeah, but it's completely out of context, and I've got a bad memory, so there's no way. I'd <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you can just forget it, and then yeah, no do big you, deal. Do you think? Because uh, we both go through. I've been in therapy. Do you think it helps you creatively? Do you think it there's a benefit that way? I mean, I want to say no, but my therapist seems to think that the piece I'm working on right now is very, uh, very personal. But I just like I don't have these. I don't make these decisions. Like I, I just get an idea and I do it, and I don't really link them with anything hmm. that's happening in my life. Like it's hmm. just sort of like stuff comes out, and like that's what it is. So I would say no, but I think the answer is probably yes. Hmm. Huh. I guess we don't know. It's like what rises to the top. I mean, especially when you're coming up with something that you see in your head, right? And Mm -hmm. then you're painting that image. Like, I think you said it was like fully realized in your head and then you paint that fully realized image. Yes. Right? Well, I draw it, and then I'll, okay. I'll evolve it into something. Like, do you like do, a like, a study of it, or, like, you draw it, but do you also, like, do, like, a color yeah, study and I do all a few the steps drawings. in between? Or? I do a few drawings for composition, and then um, I'll occasionally do a color study. Okay. I should always do a color study, and I rarely do, but I really should. <laughs> it's so hard to, like, go through all those steps and then... Because you're eager, I don't mind. eager to get to it, No, because right? I don't mind because I have to sit with the, with the, with the idea for so long anyway. Like, I, I get bored really easily, so, like, I'll have to have it with me for, like, a month or something like that. So within that, I could be hmm. technically doing a color study, which I don't do. Huh. Um, but so are you chasing an image that's in your head, or are you exploring your way through it? What do you mean? Exploring, like, the concept? Not the concept, because it seems like you already have the concept down in sketches. But are you the type of artist that has an image in their head and is trying to paint that image? Mm -hmm. Or do you have a very loose idea of of points you want to hit, almost like an actor hitting their marks, and the rest is just up for grabs in between? Yeah, I mean, like, well, maybe maybe this is it. So, like, I'll, there's always a part of the painting that's, um, 
not really resolved. And I, I don't think that this is a good thing that I do. I, I do. I would, I think, like it to not be this way. But there is always something in it that's not really finished. Almost like I'm seeing like and painting uh, a memory hmm. or like a dream hmm. that's like um, where you could see a part of it really clearly and like you just know the rest of it makes sense. Huh. But you are unsure of like when you actually have to focus on it, there's nothing there. Um, so I don't like that I keep living there. Like I need to resolve it more. Um, but that's like what I see. Like I will see, um, like for example, in my painting right now where there's like a figure and then all these snakes, I had the figure and I knew what that was going to be. That was very clear. And I knew that I wanted the snakes to be moving in this kind of diagonal through the painting. That was very clear. Um, but there was always, there's always a section of the painting that I'm actually not seeing. And then, um, and then I have to paint it. And then I'm confronted with this like space that was never even thought about. Um, and so I, I ended up losing like three or four days figuring out like a certain movement of additional snakes that were going to exist in this corner. I just never even thought about. Huh. Um, so yeah, I think that that's. Maybe not great. I should be thinking about that more. Honestly, no. I was really struck by what you said there. That it's like a paraphrasing, but the kind of uh, a vague dream that you're trying to catch up with or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like really that. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, like, like you just see these little worded. vignettes of something, and like you know that the whole thing's going to work, or like that it just naturally is there. You just can't see it. Like, it's, like, I have a strong idea of it, but there's, like, a piece missing always. Oh, that's I also kind of get stuck in my head sometimes, too. Like, if I'm thinking, because I'm, I'm thinking right now about, like, ways I get stuck and ways I can't move my mind around. Um, if I'm thinking about something and then, like, say, if it's just, like, a figure standing uh, in a room and then imagine, like, a camera moving around them or in, like, up and above them, like, in all directions... Usually in my mind, there's only so far that can go, and I can't push more, and I actually almost need to move the entire scene and then continue moving. Like, I always hit some kind of roadblock. There's, like, only so far my mind will go before the entire thing has to change before I can, like, move forward. Like, I'll always hit a wall. Like, it's, it's really weird. Like, I can't work it out. Um, and I would wonder if it's kind of the same thing with like these images I'm seeing where it's like, you know, that the rest of it's there, but I, I just can't see it. It's weird. That's so interesting. Wow. So you're really thinking in a very cinematic Yeah, I definitely way. do that for sure. I do that. Yeah. Cinematic, but also kind of like delving into an intangible, uh, like, uh, an image that you know is there that you're just waiting for it to be clear to you. Yeah, yeah. It's really that's, beautiful. It, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's it, I think. I think mm. memory operates kind of like that, too. Like, I always tell people when, um, well, my dad passed away when I was young, and so I always tried to remember, I, like, instill those memories, and I think I'm a visual thinker because of that, because I decided that I was going to memorize all those images at a certain point because I realized I was forgetting him. Mm -hmm. And I can't see his face, 
directly. Mm-hmm. But if I'm if I place myself in the room and I see the other things in the room, then I can see him out of the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So it's really strange, like how you have. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. like in that cinematic way, well, how you have to push. Change the cinematic point of view so that you can see the thing that you're trying to see in your imagination. It reminds me of um, like how when you're looking at stuff in the dark, how whenever the thing that you're trying to see, you'll never see like this. You always have to look over here and then see it out of the corner of your eye. You could see it in the dark if you're not looking directly at it. Did you not? Do you ever do Wait, that? Wait, say that. Like so it's you're a looking thing. It's at the way something your eyes directly. Work. It's the way your eyes work. Like okay. if you want to try and see something in the dark, if you're looking for it, like if I want to see this cup in front of me in the dark, like if all the lights were out, right? Um, you don't look directly at it. You look here and see it out of the corner of your eye. The corner of your eye, like off to the side, your peripheral will see it. But if you're looking right at it, you won't see it. Because I guess your eye wow. and your brain are looking for pattern. It's like pattern recognition. Like you see it. I, I don't even know. Change I, in I don't that. I know what it is. Like the slight variation in the light that, huh. But mm-hmm. it's like that. And it's, it's really, I don't know. There's something real interesting about all this talk like about. Kim, your memories and you looking for something that you're not creating in a way, just letting images emerge. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really it. It, it kind of harkens back to the talk with James, like just trying to find something within yourself rather than I don't know. I guess on the most extreme would be propaganda. Like you're, you have a worldview and you want to communicate that view through images and tell people how to think about a thing. And Jen and James seem to be looking to be communicated something and and just facilitate that communication a little. You know, I think it's mm-hmm. a totally different thing. And I think it's 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 definitely the the realm of fine art and and dream and myth and poetry and like it's the ephemeral it's the ephemeral yeah that's exactly it and I don't know I don't know many artists on that on that search because sometimes like when I get this conversation with you Jen it seems like there's so much intuitive stuff going on that you're that even feels a little beyond your comprehension you know and you're Mm -hmm. just a channel like like uh Hoping it rises up and you can put it out, you know. Sorry, it's God. <laughs> God's calling. To talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm available. He wants to give you that answer. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, I'm so the ready. Image. I'm so ready for it. He's trying to fax it to you. It's old school like that. Is that an uncomfortable place? Like in so classically waiting on your muses like that? Is that hard? Is that difficult? Do you feel like there's a magic there that could not show back up, you know? What do you mean not show back up? Well, when you're dependent on your muses, there's always the thing that they might not come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... Do you, do you feel any of that anxiety? That no, because that's the way it's always been. So you just depend on it. <laughs> I bet it'll stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you said that, thanks, Marshall. <laughs> Tomorrow, when she can't think of anything at all. Told you, Jed. <laughs> There are demons. You're the demon. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Just cry a little bit. 
No, but you, no, but maybe you, it couldn't end because you have your rituals to go back to. Maybe that's the ceremony that, you know, drudges, summons the, the muses. Jen, did you, I, I missed that. Did you say you always know when a painting's done? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we're on podcast or not. I've never known when a painting is done. Are we back on? Really? Yeah. Yes. Go on. Oh, cool. Sorry. I can weird? feel it. I know when it's done. No, you I don't, I don't, what? You know it. Yeah. I can How feel do it. It's just a feeling. Like, yeah, you know. I feel, I, I feel it. I know that that's like, there's nothing more. It's like, it's, it's not like I look at it and think like. Um, this is as good as it's possibly going to be. It's not that. It's like I'll still look at it and feel like it's riddled with problems, but um, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's like I just know that it's like that's just sort of where that painting was supposed to um, end, and okay. I'm going to do something different now. Do you feel like if you solved the, all those problems, it would just like kill the painting then? or No, I just think it would become labored. Okay. It's like, um, like you know, you can always tell when a painting's overworked, um, and you can always tell when it's becoming overworked. Um, when things like for me, it's like usually if it, if things start feeling like they're too closed in, um, if they're over rendered, if like the paint application's weird. It's like where you're like really starting to search for something and it's not really going well, mm. but like you're oh. determined to achieve it. And it's like, just start again. Like it's, it just sort of like, it really gets too closed in. Like the paintings start feeling like really claustrophobic to me. Okay. Wow. And, um, and I just know that like, I need to like open it up again. Either I need to stop and like wipe it off and start again or um, or I'll catch myself and just stop, and then I know I need to start a new painting. Huh. Yeah. huh. Are there things that you're like, you make a stroke, and you're like, that stroke is perfect, I have to leave it done? No, that. I don't want to obsess about brush strokes. Okay. I think they're incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think especially in the early stages, I don't like it if I'm doing something that I like uh, because then it becomes way too precious you and I don't want to work on it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to work on it anymore. Yeah, you really have gotten a nice groove. I'm jealous you know how to stop. I, I've never... I've always felt like something could get... Like you said, overworked. I always think of it as beat up. I always feel like I could beat it up a little more, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> It's just, like, endless for me. Like, I've never had anything on the wall that I've ever felt like is close to done. Mm-hmm. Like, they either go to a show or they get sold or they or I get bored of them, but they're not. It's just always like, oh, I could have done that better. If I did it Monday, Tuesday, I'm a little better. I should go back to it on Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't think that the paintings are done. Okay, interesting. I don't think they're done. I don't look at them and think that they're done. But you're okay you with letting them go. I just know that I've got I've either gotten everything out of it I needed or the painting's given me everything I needed and I need to do something oh, new. Oh, God. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> you a, you're a real sensitive, intuitive person kind of living on your own rules, making your own map. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's cool. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
<laughs> so you said you had like a show coming up in January. What was the? Yeah, I you don't. Do. I, <laughs> yay! <laughs> I don't know anything about it other than that, that it's got this like animal theme in it. I actually have no idea even who's in it. Oh, you haven't done the painting for it yet, or? It is going to be my painting, um, black background, hands up, crow coming at the face. Ooh. Crow coming out of the face of a at person? the face. Oh, at a face. Wow. Like that's like crow. that's like from The Birds, the movie yeah. The, yeah, bird, yeah, the yeah, Hitchcock. Bird, well, you've wow. seen it. It's it's done. I'm not doing a new one for it. It's okay. it's on it's, my... It's covered in her eyes. Yeah, right? you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's the title of that painting? Do you know the title of your own yeah, painting? Yeah, it's called The Return. <laughs> Gross. I hate oh, it. Oh, Lee, had that. Really Lee had that painting, right? Yes, he yeah, had that yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not happy with the happy with the title? I don't like titling any of my work. I always, it always feels like like I don't like I don't like writing things down and then having to read them again. It just feels so dumb. Like I actually can't even keep a journal. Like any anything like that where I will have very real thoughts about something and then if I have to read it again, it just feels idiotic. I don't like revisiting anything. <laughs> Um, so like, only live in the present moment. That's right. Constantly. <laughs> only in the moment, constantly. That's very, a good way to be. That's a very good way Super to be. Zen. So where's the where's the show? Uh, at a Bend Gallery in Colorado. I think they're in Colorado. Or are they like outside yeah, of Colorado? They're in Denver. Denver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Get some weed. Or, yeah, Denver, not Colorado. Yeah. Go to Colorado, get some weed. That's right. Drive to New Mexico. That's right. <laughs> Fall off the planet. A yeah. Bend Gallery in January, and the title of the show, do we know what the title I is? I don't know it. Okay. Mm-mm. I know nothing about it, other than that I am in it. Right. No promotional things have been released yet. They have amazing work at that gallery. They they really do. Um, yeah, they really do. I love them. Well, right. thanks so thanks, much Jared. for this taking the time great. to talk with us about your process, no where problem. you're from, <laughs> your ideas. Strong Island. Strong right. Island. Strong Island. Long Island. Long, I can't say it now. Shout Go on. Lee. Try it. Try it. Long, Long Island. Yeah. It kind of looks better. Yeah. No. <laughs> Long, that sounds like Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> Long, Island. Long Island. Long Island, Mom. <laughs> I got Jamaicans there. <laughs> Yo, Long Island. There you go. That's close. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yay. Yay. We had a great time talking to Jennifer Janari. You can find out more about Jen on her website, jennifergenari.com. That's Janari with a G. You can find us on our website, artgrindpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to Art Grind Podcast. Stay on the grind while we feed your mind.